it's a gift knowing that life is short. It's a gift knowing that tomorrow's not promised and that today's a gift. Because I think a lot of people go through life not really knowing that, not really fully getting it. And I don't know if I would if I hadn't been through this whole process. I really don't. Hello, welcome to the Crazy Catholic Convert Podcast. I'm your host, Karen. If you were to ask me why I became Catholic, I would say short answer, beauty, goodness, truth. Long answer? Well, that's why I'm creating this podcast. Ever since I became Catholic, I've felt called to evangelize. I have stories to tell, and I know other Catholics do too. Our faith is a gift. It should be shared. If you haven't listened to part one, I highly encourage you to do so, because this is just a continuation of that story, as well as the usual Catholic discussion. So make sure to check that out. And without further ado, here is part two of Kristen's story. I think you wrestled with God, but you don't walk away. And it sounds like you just did that, that you're still doing that. Beautifully. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying. Thank you. Not easy. People look at him and Crosby and they'll be like, I don't take it personally. They just don't know what's going on with him. My son is a special needs child. People hate that terminology, but he is because he has needs 24 hours a day. And I don't know how long that will last. I guess I hope that won't be forever. I know when you have a diagnosis like Down syndrome or autism, these are things that are lifelong. And I don't know if Crosby's is or not, but today and his whole life it has been all day every day and people will say he's gonna heal he's gonna get better and i'm like here's the thing i don't know what healing looks like for crosby maybe in our human perspective in our human angle healing means that he's gonna go to school like every other kid and he's gonna walk and he's gonna talk normal and he's gonna be mobile and all these things but god's form of healing is not always the same i guess i've gotten to a point in my life with this situation where I'm just taking the day as it comes. You know, I can't look at six months from now or a year from now and say, what's going to be this way? Because I don't know. And whatever that looks like, I know that some good is coming. I don't know what that good is, but there will be good for Christ. Whether that means he's like Caleb and he goes on to go to school and thrive and run and play and be like every, I hate the word normal, but normal kid. Or if he will be in in a wheelchair for an extended period of time, we are working on getting him some equipment. This is going to be a long road for him continually. He's almost two. He can't roll over. He's got low muscle tone. He's got scoliosis in his back. He's like a nine-month level. And so we're working on getting some equipment. He can't weight bear through his feet. We're getting him a special stander that's going to help hold him in that position for extended periods of time. All that being said, I think when people say to me, he's going to get better, I don't know. But I don't think that means that I don't trust. I think it means that I'm willing to take whatever comes. We're willing to take whatever comes and just go with it because that's what God does. He works in ways we don't understand and things can happen in a minute. We all forget that. I just have more awareness of it than most do. Yes. Because I live it every day, but that doesn't mean anybody's life could change tomorrow. Lose a loved one in a car accident or whatever. And it's a gift knowing that life is short. It's a gift knowing that tomorrow's not promised and that today's a gift. Because I think a lot of people go through life not really knowing that, not really fully getting it. And I don't know if I would if I hadn't been through this whole process. I really don't. It gives you so much perspective. Things don't bother you as much, you know, like little things. (laughs) You're like, it doesn't really matter. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. I was just thinking, we were talking in another interview about the feminine genius. One of the aspects is receptivity. And I think as women, we want to always be 
caring and giving, but you've just, I don't know. I think that you've modeled just being grateful and so receptive to the help that is given to you. And maybe it's a phase, who knows, but maybe you will always be in that receptive. You know what I'm trying to say? I know. Yeah, absolutely. And that's beautiful. I know God is going to pave the way for whatever those opportunities are. And so I'm just trying to let the spirit lean. Like you asked me in an interview, I was like, it's going to happen. We're going to find a time that works for both of us and it's going to happen. I feel like that's the Holy Spirit working. We can't ignore that. And you know, St. Therese, I feel like everybody knows St. Oh, Therese. She is my patron saint for this. I've decided <laughs> because everyone mentions her and I love her. Yes. Yeah. And I think she's well of for a reason. I had known about her, but somebody was speaking about her at our women's event event at the church. But the women that year had the responsibility to talk about a specific saint. And I don't know what it was, but just some of the things she was sharing about St. Therese and her own life and how she had influenced her got me just looking into her more. And so I I finally listened to Story of a Soul. Again, I like hands-free. So Mm -hmm. I listened to it on an app. I found it. I listened to the whole thing. And I was like, whoa. It really spoke to me. I think she's so amazing for moms, especially because in the phase of life I'm in, I feel like people don't see me. Motherhood is not this glamorous thing. You have the CFO of a company who's like out in the public and wow, he's so smart and he's so successful and he's so whatever. You don't have it as a mom. People don't see the things that you're doing in your home every day. And as she was talking, I know she was not a mother, but she was saying, do little things with great love. Mm -hmm. And so all these things that I'm doing, they still matter. Even if I feel like I can't go anywhere, I'm stuck at home, I'm isolated, I'm caring for Crosby and that's where God wants me. And I have to be receptive to that. Sometimes that's the selfish human side of me says, I'd love to get some recognition. I'd love for someone to see what I'm doing and say, good job. But Jesus sees, and that's really mm-hmm. what matters. And, and so I think that's really what spoke to me about her. She was just so humble. And I want to be more humble like that. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day. Like they say, go in your inner room and pray. It's to see that except Jesus alone. Because at the end of the day, that's who you're answering to on your last day on this earth. You need to be concerned about what Jesus thinks and not what your neighbor said about you at a potluck or whatever, right? And we all are prone to that. We all struggle with that. I do. Myself, I struggle. What do other people think of me? If you're doing what God wants and you're focused on that, that's where you need to be. How can people help you? Going back to the foundation that I was talking about, we have received a lot of support through the community and overwhelming amount of support. We've been so thankful and blessed for that. But we really would like to focus our energies on supporting the Share Your Story Foundation. It's sysfoundation.org. And their goal, what they're doing is they are opening up apartments for families who are having to stay away from home. Like long what distance, you had to Like do. what we had to do. Okay. Long distances. There are family members in the hospital. And they're having to stay far away, whether it be the patient or the family or both, for extended periods of time. We were actually the first family that stayed in their apartment. They had just started their foundation. They were just sitting around waiting for a family. I I couldn't believe it. The social worker sent us the link and she's like, here you go. See if this is available. And Kevin and I are like, we look at each other like, there's no way this place is available. It's so nice. It's so pretty. Someone's got to be staying there. We, we get a call from the mom. Her name is Julie. She's amazing. We have this 30-minute long conversation. There's all these tears and emotions. And she's telling us about her daughter, Hallie, who, again, passed away in 2020 from bone cancer. She was only 25. But she was treated as an adult. She had pediatric cancer. She was diagnosed when she was six. She was in remission for a long time. And then it came back when she was an adult. 
And it ended up taking her, but she was treated at Nationwide as an adult. And so that's where the whole Nationwide thing came from. But yeah, the number one thing would just be to support their foundation in any way that you would like. They are looking for just funding. They opened a second apartment recently, and they're trying to furnish that apartment. So they have a wish list on their website, and they're trying to fully furnish it for another family. There's currently a family staying in the one that we stayed in. And then I think there's hopefully a family moving in soon into the second location. And then if that's not something that people feel called to do, I think the other thing is just considering giving blood, giving platelets, but also the Be The Match registry, bethematch.org, to sign up as a potential donor. It is so easy. All you have to do, go on their website, register. They'll mail you a little kit. You swab your cheeks. So they have your DNA and then you send it back and then you're like officially in their registry. It's so easy. Kevin and I are both, we've never, you may never receive a call. You may receive a call in a week. But if you were identified as a match for a patient who needed a transplant, this is for bone marrow transplants, they would call you. It is a little bit of a commitment. Again, maybe that's not what everyone feels called to do. But if you can deal with a needle stick, it's huge because they are always in need of platelets blood, blood products. When you give a donation of blood, they can break that down into other things. Like both my kiddos, they receive something called IVIG, which is like an immune globulin and it's for your immune system. And I I believe that one actually is found in the plasma. Crosby has received a lot of platelets. When he was at his lowest point, like immune system wise, he was getting platelets every few hours. And then his nose would And so we'd have to give him more platelets to get the bleeding to stop. So at one point, he was on like a platelet drip. There is a big need for it. If there is one thing you could tell non-Catholics about the Catholic faith, what would it be? That's a good question. It's not boring. It's not boring. That is the most common thing that I've heard from Catholics and non-Catholics about going to Mass, about participating in the liturgy, wrote prayers, all those things. And I think if you really dig deep enough, you're going to realize that there's so much depth and so much meaning. But I think you have to take the extra step to understand what is the purpose behind all of these things. There's a history and a purpose, and it was established a long time ago, right? I think we like to think this is just all these rules. There's all these rules. And why are these here? There's a reason for all of that. If you would use the word boring to describe your faith or mass, I think you got to get at the crux of what is making you feel that way. You got to dig deeper because if you really understand what's going on, you're not going to be bored. Don't get me wrong. There are are weeks I go to mass and I'm exhausted, but I'm there. If I feel like I'm going through the motions that day, I think we all do that. Mm -hmm. We all have those days where we're just going through the motions for whatever reason that is. When I go up to communion, I always ask God to help me see it as the first time, the last time, and the only time that I will be receiving him. Because even if I'm mentally having trouble focusing that day, I'm asking God to help me remember how valuable and how precious that gift is of the Eucharist. And granted, you're not Catholic. The Eucharist is another subject altogether. Sure. But I hope that's helpful. Yes, that's good. (laughs) I like it. It's not boring. Well, thank you so much, Kristen, for being with me. I just, I feel honored. I don't know about you guys, but when I finished that interview, I was like, what a woman. I think about her a lot when I'm going through hard times now, and I steal that prayer from her. God help me. So good. Also, I don't know if you've picked up on this, but we've had a few guests mention St. Therese, which feels like another Holy Spirit moment because she really helped inspire me to start this podcast. 
So back in September of 2020, I'm pregnant with my third child. I have two boys already, and I really wanted this next baby to be a girl. So I was kind of mad at myself because it's in the middle of a pandemic. There are so many other things that I should be praying for, but egocentric me wants to pray for a girl. And don't get me wrong, I love my boys. I would be happy with whatever God gives me. God knows best. But then I remembered the St. Therese Novena is coming up. If you haven't read her already, I would highly encourage you to do so. I first read Father Michael Gately's 33 Days to Merciful Love before I read her autobiography, The Story of a Soul. So if you feel like you don't get her, maybe read that first. But she is one of my favorite saints because what I learned from her is that it's not about me. Everything I have comes from God and I can be a great saint, not because of anything I've done or my own merit, but because God is merciful. I just have to try. That is key. Trying is key. So I thought, aha, this is the perfect novena for egocentric me to do right now. It is good that I have these egocentric tendencies because it will keep me little and God can take my egocentric tendencies and do something great with it because it's not about me anyways. So I was going to do this novena for a girl and then I was actually awful at this novena. I mean, I still said my prayers on the Laudate app, but you only have so much time on your phone, right? As a mom. And I thought, oh, okay, I'll do that novena if I have time. It was on my mind, but I wasn't actively looking it up, reading through and saying the prayer. So I thought, oh, this is the perfect novena to be awful at because it is not about me and what I do anyways. My flaws will keep me little so that God's merciful love can lift me up. I just have to keep trying. So I had kind of forgotten about it. And then I get a phone call from my ob saying, Karen, we have your lab results. It all came back normal. And would you like to know the gender? And I was like, shoot, I totally forgot about that. And so then they told me it's a girl. And then it occurred to me that it was October 1st, the feast day of St. Therese. Of course, I'm overjoyed. I'm telling all my friends, guys, I kind of did this novena. And then I found out I was having a girl. Just for clarification, that's not how novenas usually work. It's not some magic formula where, yeah, you just say a prayer for nine days and then poof, you get what you want. That's not how God works. But in this case, I actually did get what I prayed for on the feast day of St. Therese, October 1st. Then, come November 24th, I found out that I had lost my daughter, so she would have been about 20 weeks. So if you haven't checked it out already, I actually have a whole episode, the birth story of my stillborn daughter, Gianna Marie. I think it's the second episode. So you would have thought I would have been kind of ticked at St. Therese, but actually... I found a lot of comfort and healing through her. I just saw that coy smile of hers saying, we're going to bring something good out of this. It felt so providential. And now looking back and maybe looking forward, it was. Because if it were not for that occurrence, I probably wouldn't have even started this podcast because after that happened, I wanted answers, right? Just as all moms want to know what happened to their children. And so I sought out Dr. Stroud. And when he offered to let me interview him, because I knew, I said, Dr. Stroud, other women have these same questions, and I wish that they could hear the answers that you're providing. And he offered, so thus began this podcast. 
So in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Also, this is kind of a tangent, but I remember talking to a pro-choice friend of mine. I was just telling her my story and she said, I just don't understand why OB-GYNs don't monitor the progesterone. They check you for all these STDs. Why don't they check your progesterone? And I said, this is just my theory, but I think it's because a lot of OB-GYNs are pro-choice. And why would they give progesterone to a clump of cells, right? I remember the pro-choice OB-GYN that I was seeing. She even tried to convince me that the prenatals I was taking were more just for me and my overall health, which they may be, but they're also for the baby. So as soon as I said that, she just goes and kind of covers her mouth. Then she said, you know, I think you're right. I was like, I mean, that's just my theory. And she goes, no, I I think you're right. So who knows? Maybe that planted a seed. It's interesting. I was in a debate about it right before I lost Gianna. The timing, St. Therese, it felt so providential. And then two years later, I actually had Marie Caritas on the same day I found out that Gianna had passed away, November 24th, which also happens to be the day Ryan proposed to me. And then going back to our original story, six months from that date, May 24th, was the day that both Caleb and Crosby had their bone marrow transplant. So maybe St. Therese just likes the number 24. I think she actually might have been 24 when she passed away. Who knows? Moving on. At the end of her autobiography, The Story of a Soul, St. Therese actually calls for a whole legion of little souls. And I feel like I have a little legion of little souls and the guests that will be on this podcast. So many of them mention how they love St. Therese in her little way. So that brings me to our topic for next month. It's going to be a combination of different guests who have been on this show and who will be on this show. You'll be hearing again from Amy, Nevi, Allison, and Stephanie. And you'll also be hearing from upcoming guests, Casey, Teresa, Madeline, and many others who I have not even interviewed yet. They will be giving their thoughts and tips for bringing children to Mass. I don't want to say too much about it right now. I'll just say you are not alone. So stick around. I hope you can join me next month.